Hello and welcome to the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School from Los Angeles, California. I'm your host, Michael Benner, with a great program for you today. We're going to talk about conscious awareness and quantum physics. Now, don't be frightened off by the phrase quantum physics. I'll be the first to admit I do not have the deep science or math skills to fully comprehend all of the implications of quantum physics, not even close. But I know the basics and I know the implications that it has on the study of consciousness and awareness, which is my field. And after all, the reason the vast majority of you are here, because you're meditators, you're philosophy or psychology students, you're interested in self-help and personal development, and you want to develop and expand your self-awareness. Well, quantum physics has given us some fascinating results to look at, unbelievable, remarkable concepts that in many ways reinforce some of the most ancient principles in the world, concepts that go back to days before there was even a written language known on this planet. The ancient Yoga Sutras, the Gita, the Upanishads, and other ancient holy manuscripts in the East, before there were any people in the Western Hemisphere and long before there were any religions of any type. Monism is the idea that what people sense in their hearts as an awareness of a divine being, of a unified source, may not be a separated Superman on a cloud. God is a, a being existing in some remote place, but it may be an awareness of all that is. And if we spring from a common source, is there an awareness of what connects everything in time and space to every other thing in time and space? Do you find that interesting? Well, stick around because we're going to do a full extended premium program, about 90 minutes here all together, the first 20 minutes of which we'll podcast freely, as we always do. And you can pick it up in the iTunes store, as you probably have. You know we've got over 360 programs in the iTunes store and also on various mobile apps like Stitcher and Player FM and listed in a number of podcast directories, all the major ones on the Internet. So help yourself a deliberate play on words and have some fun listening to the old programs after you give a listen to our program today on quantum physics and consciousness. Now, if you do want to subscribe to the extended program, the premium training, simply go to our primary website at theagelesswisdom.com and click on premium audio programs. You can enroll for a single program for a 13-week package, which provides a nice discount, and for the greatest value, a bundle of 52 programs. All three of those options are available when you go to theagelesswisdom.com. Be sure and include the T-H-E after the W's, theagelesswisdom.com. Click on podcasts and premium audio programs, and then 
on premium audio programs again to register and enroll. Premium programs are sent to you personally via your primary email address. You can then stream or download the program to your computer or mobile device and listen on demand. I also want to mention as we move into this new year that I am still doing personal counseling and training by telephone. I even pay for the telephone call and have clients and students all over the world that I talk to, sometimes just once or twice, sometimes ongoing. It's all up to you how we schedule it, how we package it. The first one's free, an intake session of about 20 minutes. Again, I'll pay for the call. Give me a ring here in Los Angeles any time of the day or night, 818-569-3017. Anytime, 24-7, in Los Angeles, California. Or send me an email at my initials, mb at theagelesswisdom.com. mb like Michael Benner or Mary Baker, mb at theagelesswisdom.com. And I'll write you back and we'll schedule that initial intake session absolutely free of charge. And you can decide whether it's counseling you want or personal development training, whether you're looking to learn more about mindfulness meditation, self-awareness, emotional intelligence, or solving your issues around various anxiety disorders like post-traumatic stress or ADHD or OCD or phobias or panic attacks or just social anxiety and general anxiety disorders. Happy to help you in all of those areas with an educational approach, not therapy, but an educational approach, practical, portable tools and skills that you can use between sessions, after the sessions, and for the rest of your life. Now let's talk about quantum physics and get as much in here as we can during this initial 20-minute podcast, and then we'll develop the ideas we continue into the full 90-minute program. We have to talk about the famous double-slit experiment, and I'm going to zoom through this, but this is something you could Google and research further if you'd like. The double-slit experiment goes back a couple of hundred years to some research that was being done on the nature of light. And the scientists that were doing this research presumed at the time that light as energy would propagate very much like energy through water, creating waves. And by shining a light through a board that had two slits in it, it was expected that an interference pattern of light would be created on the other side of those two slits, very much like tossing two pebbles into a pool of water at the same time, each pebble creating circular arcs of waves that go out, and where the crust meets the crust, they would add together, where the trough met the trough, they would add together, and where they met out of phase, they would cancel each other out. Well, that's exactly what they got. 
By shining a light through a board with two slits in it, they created an interference pattern of light reflected on the back wall. A series of vertical stripes corresponding to the vertical slits in the board that were brightest in the center of the stripe faded to the edge, and the stripes separated by black lines where there were no light where the interference pattern had canceled the wave out, pretty much as was expected. Well, about 100 years later, that is roughly 100 years ago in the early part of the 20th century, science had advanced to the point that single electrons could be shot through these two slits. And the interference pattern studied in the case of particles being shot, like tiny little bullets through those slits. But this time, scientists expected that because electrons are like little tiny marbles, little bullets, little particles of matter, that instead of an interference pattern of stripes all across the back wall, they would get simply two vertical lines that would mirror the two vertical slits in the board. But instead, they got an interference pattern. And this was baffling because how could particles shot one at a time, one electron after another, go through both slits and interfere and cancel out? In other words, these electrons, these little particles of matter were behaving as if they were energy and creating the same kind of interference pattern that we would see with waves of light or waves of energy moving through water. So scientists thought, let's put a counter opposite these vertical slits and find out by counting the particles with these sophisticated devices which slit they're actually going through, expecting that half of the time the electron would go through one slit and half of the time roughly the other slit. And interestingly, as soon as the counter was set up, instead of an interference pattern, they got what they originally expected, two vertical slits on the back wall that mirrored the slits the electrons were being shot through one at a time. When they turned off the counter, the interference pattern returned. In other words, the electrons were behaving like particles of matter when they were being watched or observed. But when nobody was watching, when the counters were turned off, these electrons, these subatomic particles of matter, began to behave again like energy, not like matter. This is amazing. This baffled scientists in the early part of the 20th century, and they're still rather baffled by it, though some have attempted to explain it. But consider what we're talking about. Tiny little subatomic particles, whether electrons or photons or molecules, all have been tested, pass through the two vertical slits as energy when nobody's watching and yet pass through the two slits as particles, as tiny little bullets, as soon as a counter was set up to observe their behavior. Now, the first thing that comes up is Einstein's equivalence of energy and matter. And you say, well, ultimately, matter is energy. 
And those tiny little packets of energy we call electrons may not be as solid as we believe them to be. Indeed, they do appear to be made up of even smaller particles with very strange names like quarks and leptons and mufons. And the point is, the particles have the appearance of being aware of awareness. The particle behaves as energy when nobody's watching, but like little bullets, little bits of matter, as soon as they're directly observed. At the subatomic level, the ultimate grittiness of the universe, the tiniest little particles of which we know and understand, those bits of matter appear to be aware of themselves and of other bits of matter, such as a machine that counts how many of them are coming through the slit. How could this be? And then we have to consider another phenomena of quantum physics, sometimes called quantum mechanics, so-called quantum entanglement. And this is a circumstance, an event, where particles that have a relationship with each other, that are produced at the same time, or have a magnetic effect on each other as a result of their proximity, and which later are separated, even by thousands of miles, even by light years, even if they somehow could be separated to different galaxies, they continue to have an entangled relationship. They mirror each other, such that if one spins in one direction, the other one thousands of miles away or thousands of light years away, spins in the opposite direction in response at a speed that is tens of thousands of times faster than the speed of light. In fact, it appears to be instantaneous, as if the information that's communicated between these two entangled particles goes outside of time and space. Now, should I repeat that? Are you clear on what I'm talking about? Let's say two photons or two electrons or molecules have a relationship. They're produced at the same time or they stand side by side and they're entangled magnetically and then somehow are separated by a great distance. They maintain that relationship and mirror each other as if they were opposite poles. So if one begins to rotate or is caused to rotate an electron, a photon, a molecule in a particular direction, the other, no matter how far away, begins instantaneously to rotate in the opposite direction. And again, it takes absolutely no time for this information to travel through space, as if somehow it's traveling outside of time and space. Now, these two phenomena alone, the results of the dual-slit experiment where tiny subatomic particles behave like energy when they're not observed and behave like matter when you put a machine on them to actually count their presence, and secondly, this quantum entanglement that defies all the rules of the time-space continuum, it's as if awareness 
is the common link. If in the first experiment the particle is aware of itself and aware of other particles and aware of whether it's being observed, and in the case of the quantum entanglement, the particles, even when separated by enormous distances, have this instantaneous rapport where they mirror and reflect the behavior of each other. Something is connecting them. Something is unifying them. Somehow they're plugged into some common source. And when we turn and look at the ancient mysticism of the East, the idea known essentially as monism, it is suggested from the beginning of time by these great philosophers and theologians that all that is, physical and non-physical, the universe of matter and the greater substantial universe of energy is immersed, permeated by awareness itself. As if there is a grand ocean of cosmic awareness. Said simply, every point, whether it's a particle of matter or a magnetic field of energy, Every point in time and space appears to be immersed, permeated by a grand cosmic ocean of awareness, consciousness, sentience. But most of these particles are not aware on a conscious level. We, as human beings, are not aware on a conscious level to a large degree. I just got back from the mall. It's Christmas time. I'm doing some errands, doing some Christmas shopping. What I find most remarkable is not how many people are shopping, but how unconscious and how unaware they are. How many of my neighbors seem to be sleepwalking through life. Riding an escalator up a floor taking one step off and standing there without any awareness that there are other people behind them coming. Or elevators, they do the same thing. People will ride the elevator up or down, take one step off the elevator and just stand there without any conscious awareness that more people are coming. Or people that park carts side by side, though they may be going in opposite directions and they pause, completely blocking the aisle when they could just move forward or back three feet. And while they're looking over the merchandise, they could at least allow people to pass, but they're just completely unaware and oblivious. We all know the experience of sitting at a traffic light after the light has turned green and Somebody has to beep the horn to wake you up and remind you, hey, pay attention to the traffic light. It's green. You can go now. That doesn't mean we're stupid or ignorant. It just means we're often unaware. Consciousness is the tip of the iceberg. We've often heard the mind is only 10% conscious, like an iceberg. The vast majority, 90% or more of an iceberg, is submerged in the unconscious, where we're unaware. So most humans are unaware. Animals are less aware than humans, generally speaking. 
And then we have plants that obviously are sentient and aware. They turn toward the sun. They open their leaves in the daytime. They close their leaves and flowers at night, sometimes quite dramatically to conserve heat. They track the sun across the sky during the daytime. And yet, it appears, plants are not as aware as animals. And then we have the rocks and the rivers and the oceans and the atmosphere, interstellar dust and the tiny subatomic particles that apparently are aware according to the double slit experiment, though not as aware as a plant, which is not as aware generally as animals, which are not as aware generally as human beings. (laughs) And the whole idea of meditating and managing stress and anxiety in your life is to enhance that awareness, to expand it, and to elevate or uplift our consciousness, to be more aware, more awake of who we are, what we're for, what we're capable of doing and having and being. Now, that's as much as I can do in the free podcast, but if you'll register at theagelesswisdom.com. We'll continue for another 20 minutes or so and then add another 40-minute program on top of that and continue our discussion of the relationship of conscious awareness to the breakthroughs of quantum physics and this unified field theory, the idea that what unites everything is awareness to a relative degree. If you got to go, thanks for being with us. Happy Solstice and New Year. Happy Christmas and Hanukkah and holidays, whatever you're celebrating. Be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. From Los Angeles and the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School, this is Michael Benner. So long. <laughs>